welcome back to the emergency goalies. And, you know, we uh, left the last podcast saying we wanted the Blackhawks to maybe get three points out of these games with the Lightning. And we'd feel pretty good. And you know what? We got three points. I mean, now, of course, the last game was didn't end the way you wanted the last game to end, but three out of six is what we wanted, and that's what we got. So we can't complain. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy. I, uh, you know, uh, they played well in the game that they lost to start it off. They played kind of poorly in the game that they won, and then they played really well for the first half of the third game, and then penalties and the penalty kill and Tampa Bay kind of flipping a switch a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, you know, led to a, a pretty rough second half of that uh, game. And yeah, well, I mean, you know, they you know, say that, uh, I was going to say, they say that three uh, 0 lead is the most dangerous lead in hockey. Now, I don't know if that's true. But no. When you're, when you're uh, playing the best team in the NHL, it can be the most dangerous lead in hockey. Yeah, I mean, when you're playing the best team, no lead is safe, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know I mentioned it on Twitter during the first game mm-hmm. uh, where you get the sense that Tampa Bay is kind of in midseason cruise control. Mm-hmm. Uh, as Blackhawks fans, we are very familiar with the January Blackhawks yes uh, from the from the cup years where they would kind of shift into a lower gear yeah. and try and coast through some games energy and then saving, if they yeah. and then if yeah conserving some energy for the playoffs but you know if they fell behind after two periods Patrick Kane and the guys mm-hmm. could could uh, flip that switch and put together a final a good final 20 minutes mm-hmm. or sometimes even just a good final five minutes yeah yeah and score a goal or two and and end up coming away with points and that is definitely how it felt like the, the lightning were playing and the blackhawks mm-hmm. were giving it their all for the most part they played pretty well structurally five on mm-hmm. five I, I was i was pretty happy with the with the defensive zone coverage when they were five on five pretty much throughout the three games. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were some breakdowns here and there, but you know, you're also playing a really good team and mm-hmm. you know, that's just, it's going to happen. But I mean, compared to um, the opening series of the year, it's hmm. night and day. Night and day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, um, you know, n- not just from the defensive zone coverage, but the effort level as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the Blackhawks are forechecking, they're backchecking, they're, they're just pressuring the puck all over the ice. And they need to do that because they're not the fastest team, they're not the biggest team, mm-hmm. and they're not very skilled right now. I mean, we're, you're, we're still at the point where we only have three top six forwards, mm-hmm. no centermen really, um, that should, you know, really be in a top six. Mm-hmm. And you know, you're playing with a bunch of third and fourth line players. And the only way that you're going to be able to compete with teams like that is to out effort people. And Mm -hmm. the Blackhawks have kept up a high energy level 
fairly consistently this year. I mean, yes. I think we saw some lulls uh, a couple of weeks ago when they played Detroit kind of played down to the level of the competition and didn't, didn't really seem to get up for those games. Mm -hmm. uh, I think i mentioned at the time that I thought, eh, maybe they were looking ahead to the more of this that, that more difficult were, yeah. stretch. And I think that's probably accurate because, you know, they were able to kind of throttle down and still come away yes. with a lot of points against Detroit. So I think that might've been good strategy if it was mm -hmm. indeed strategy, but yeah, I mean, Hey, eesh. You know, they were three games at home, so you did yes. have that advantage a That's little a bit. That's a little advantage, yeah. Um, and it was three games in four days, which mm -hmm. is, you know, for a Lightning team, you know, like I said, in the middle of a rough, you know, of a condensed season. They know they're looking ahead to the playoffs. You play three games and yes. four nights on the road. I can understand them not really putting mm -hmm. out full effort at all times. And it also means that uh, you got to face Curtis McElhaney one of the games which was a bonus yes yes that was definitely an advantage where you don't have to play against you know arguably the top goalie in the league mm -hmm. and the lightning came into the series on a roll they their defense had been shutting people down yeah three straight shutouts yeah and you know you're playing arguably the best goalie arguably mm -hmm. the best defenseman and a loaded forward group even yes. without <laughs> arguably the best winger in the league uh, out, out with an injury but um yeah I mean uh, you just the Blackhawks have to kind of take points where they can get them and when mm -hmm. you can take three out of six I don't care what the circumstances are three out of a possible six points against the best team in the league yes I'm, I'm happy and this is a great start to this killer month mm -hmm. of, in the schedule. And, you know, now we've reached the point where the Blackhawks are starting to separate themselves mm -hmm. from Columbus for the fourth and final playoff spot in the division. Yeah, what are they, um, six points up on Columbus? Uh, last I checked, and uh, that was yesterday. I guess I'm not sure if Columbus played last night or anything like that. But, yeah, you know, starting to get a little separation. Mm -hmm. Um the team really, the only team really that, that is only that is much of a concern to me at this point is Dallas. Yes. Who, who are, I think they're 11, playing next. Yeah, they're 11 points back with five or six in hand. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I mean, Dallas has been one of the teams that have been most affected by COVID. So they've played, I think, the fewest number of games in the league. But they're also a team that's been crippled by injuries. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, they are missing several key contributors mm -hmm. to their team. And if this had been, you know, a normal season, I think they probably could have yeah, overcome that. But when you put in all the time, the schedule missed, added in, yeah. You know, but then, yeah, the compressed schedule that uh, an, uh, a more compressed schedule than anybody else is going to have to deal with in an already compressed season mm -hmm. and trying to overcome the injuries at the same time it's going to be tough on them and the blackhawks are going to open up their but they have a big this is a big chance for the blackhawks yes let's bury them right now because mm -hmm. if you can just you know put them 13 14 15 points behind the blackhawks i don't care how many games yeah. they have in hand that's impossible with the three point not right. impossible, but very, very difficult. Very difficult. And 
it puts them in a difficult situation heading into the trade deadline. You know, do they just yeah blow it up a little bit? Yeah, do they just say, hey, this just isn't our season? We had the long playoff run last year. Guys were tired, they got beat up, and they just couldn't physically handle it this year. And I know they have a few guys that are either aging or nearing free agency as well. So do they just kind of say, hey, let's cut our losses, especially in a year, you know, a financially constrained year? Mm-hmm. Maybe they sell off a few proven playoff players to teams looking for upgrades and if if the Blackhawks can kind of force them into that boy that would be a big advantage for the Blackhawks because beyond Dallas I mean Columbus is a very similar team to Mm -hmm. the Blackhawks um you know I don't think that they have a clear advantage Mm -hmm. where you could say that they could you know really make up a lot of ground on the Blackhawks Mm -hmm. unless something would happen where like, you know, the Hawks goaltending falls apart or whatever, something, something something along those lines. And so, yeah, these next, next couple of games, we got two against Dallas on the road. This is going to kicking off a big, long road trip for the Mm -hmm. Hawks. This is really important. Two against Dallas, two against Florida, two against Tampa Bay. (laughs) Uh, I mean, that's, that's, a murderer's mm-hmm. row right there. Cause you got to sure. figure Dallas is going to be fighting. For, yeah. They're going to get go all out. You would think fighting for their playoff lives yeah. coming here this week. And Florida has been slipping a little bit since their hot start. Mm-hmm. And now I think they're only a couple of points ahead of the Blackhawks at this point. Yeah, I think they were. So, you know, if the Blackhawks can continue to make hay against Dallas, you know, maybe you get into that Florida series and you're actually mm-hmm. within striking distance of taking over the third seed. Cause if yes. you can get to the third seed, that would be huge. Cause then you avoid Tampa in the playoffs. Exactly. At <laughs> so, least for a round. Yeah. Right. Right. So that would be nice. Although it still means you've run into Carolina who oh, yeah. we all know that the Blackhawks don't Equally match up well against the <laughs> It's going to be a tough matchup either way. Right. Yeah. I mean, either way, you're going to get probably bounced in the first round, but I'd still rather go up against Carolina than Tampa mm-hmm. Bay. Yep. All right. So a um, couple other things, you know, people were talking about, I saw, um, I don't know if it was our buddy Sam Fells or someone saying um, about Yanmark that they really have been impressed with Yanmark, but we still got to trade him. And I'm starting to think, Maybe we should re-sign him for a couple of years. I really like what he's been bringing to the team. I mean, I'm I I like what he's too brought. optimistic. To me, he's kind of a, a guy that's replaceable. Okay, you know, if if the Blackhawks were closer to contention. I wouldn't mind re-upping him for a couple of years, but with the way the Blackhawks are at, I think you either got to shoot higher and try and find another top six, like a true top six guy. You know, I mean, he's filled in a little bit in that role, but he's, he's just not suited for it. I mean, he's, he's, he's gotten pretty lucky this year. I shouldn't say lucky. I mean, he's, he's played pretty well, but you know, he's a guy that in Dallas, he never really scored very much. Yeah. And it's because he doesn't really have a good shot. And oh, okay. if you look at his goals this year, 
a lot of them are off of really good setups where he's basically tapping the puck in. Yeah. Which, you know, that's how you score a lot of goals in the NHL, but it's difficult to sustain that when, you know, you're not having Patrick Kane pass you the puck. Yeah. You know, you start putting him down further in the lineup and I think you're seeing it a little bit. He's not finishing quite as well when he's playing with Carl Soderbergh. Yeah. Yeah. So I see what you're saying. You know, and especially, you know, in a year like this where, oh, you know, he scored some goals, he's going to re-enter the free agent market. Mm-hmm. He's already he making like yeah. probably right about what he should be making. And okay. I bet he's going to be looking for a raise. And I'm just, I'm not ready to do that. And as far as trading him, you know, I, we entered this season with Jan, Mark and Soderberg basically being the guy, the, the veteran pieces that you'd say, oh, those are going to be your trade deadline, um, you know, fodder. You know, coming in this year, I thought, ah, maybe you get a third round pick for Yanmark. Maybe you get a fourth round picks for Soderberg. As opposed, you know, opposed to trading those guys away and getting third and fourth round picks, Mm -hmm. which are essentially lottery tickets. You're, you know, you may be 20% chance of getting an NHL player. You know, rather than the Blackhawks trying to add at the deadline to help their playoff. Just keep those guys. Just keep those guys. You essentially say, ah, we're going to trade a third and fourth round pick for guys that we know at least fit in the lineup. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I can, I can live with that. I mean, what's best for the Blackhawks long-term would probably be to trade both of those guys. Yeah. But I can, I can sacrifice a few mid round picks for, you know, just for the opportunity to get some of these young guys some additional playoff experience. I think that I think that would be good for them. I mean, you know, we talk about Boquist, Mitchell, um, Baudin, if he ever comes back up. Yeah, those are defensemen that you come playoff time, having them get exposure to playoff intensity for checking yeah. against them. That is not something that the Blackhawks got to experience last year against mm-hmm. Edmonton. Edmonton doesn't yeah. forecheck. <laughs> um, they did run into that mm-hmm. against Vegas, and we saw what Vegas did to them. Yeah, they beat them up. You yeah. know, and Mitchell didn't get a chance to do that, play in that series. Baudin didn't get a chance to play in that series. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind getting those guys an opportunity to see what Tampa Bay does when Tampa Bay is fully mm-hmm. invested in a game and is going to try and run those guys through the the glass behind the net. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Duncan Keith, Nicholas Jalmerson, Brent Seabrook, uh, Brian Campbell, you know, some of those guys weren't big, you know, Seabrook, yes. big guy, rest of those guys, you know, you can look back at those Vancouver series, mm-hmm. uh, Calgary, some of the teams that the Blackhawks played, uh, the, the Kings, you know, yes. they're famously, oh, we're going to forecheck these guys into oblivion or whatever. Duncan Keith, those guys, not big, but they were willing to take that hit to make a play. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good to get Boquist and Baudin and Mitchell exposure to that. Because I, I think he even saw in this Tampa Bay series late uh, in, in these few games, mm-hmm. Ian Mitchell didn't play that great. Ian no. Mitchell kind of was a little hesitant and bit, yeah. did not make good plays in the corners, lost a lot of puck battles. And I think, uh, so I, I, getting those guys exposure to playoff intensity, I think would be a huge win. All right. Well, I'll ask one more about the current team and then we'll do a little bit about Brent Seabrook, but 
Um, one guy I know you are really on board with is uh, Kurashev. And he just keeps looking better and better. I mean, I'm impressed. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a guy that uh, I'm s- still kind of on the fence of whether he's going to be a future second line mm-hmm. or a third line player. And I'm still not sure if he's a center or a winger, mm-hmm. but he he's definitely an NHL caliber player. And I think he's the type of guy that you can win with. I, I, I don't see him um, losing puck battles in the corners. Mm-hmm. He's, he, he, he's not big, he's not fast, mm-hmm. but he goes where you need to go. He battles when he gets there and, mm-hmm. and suitors the same kind of way. Uh, both of those guys, I'm, I'm very happy with what they're doing, even though currently I think they're being, Asked to take on roles that they're not too, quite too ready role, for. Yeah, yeah they're uh, honestly, I would love to see those two guys playing on the third line next year. You know, you get you yeah. get Kirby Doc back, who was skating with the team today. Practicing, Great news. Yes. You know, you get Kirby Doc back, you get Jonathan Taves back. That's your top two centers. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got three good wingers with Kubalik, Kane, and Debrinket. You know, somebody's going to have to slot in as the other top six guy. But I would love to see Suter and uh, Kurashev and mm-hmm. I don't know, throw Nylander or somebody else with them. Somebody at that third line. You know, as that third line and just see what they could do when mm-hmm. they don't have to face the other team's best defenseman. Yeah. So, and yeah, um, we'll just touch on the Kirby Doc. Yeah, he uh, on contact, but practicing. And yeah, if they could get him back before the end of the year, that would be awesome. But I, they're not putting the timetable on it. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's a wrist injury. So I know he's been skating for a while um, just to kind of keep his legs a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, now he's actually back at practice. He's doing stick handling. He's just not taking hits yet. And, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, no timetable. You just got to kind of... Th- feel it out see see how he how he does um, you know at this point rough estimate when that when guys are starting to kind of come into back into this to me i'm starting to think he's three to four weeks away mm-hmm. you know probably maybe more like four but you know uh and if that's the case you know you're looking at the middle of next month that's mm-hmm. you know he'd be maybe available for the finals eight ten twelve games of the season mm-hmm and potentially heading into the playoffs. And, you know, the big question to me is with a wrist injury like that, is he actually going to be able to play center um, and be able to take face-offs? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously the Blackhawks are in dire uh, need of center problems. depth right now, yeah. but you don't want to, you know, potentially hurt Kirby Doc, you know, and ask yeah. him to do something that he's not going to be capable of, but no, no, you don't want to do that. just having him back would be a huge boost to the lineup. And, you know, yeah. hopefully we can get Dylan Strom back as well at some point mm-hmm. um, that would, uh, you know, getting those two skill guys back would be, would be big, yeah. very big. Yeah. All right. Well, of course the big story, uh, Brett Seabrook retired. Well, I, he didn't technically, retire what did he say he's not going to play hockey anymore Correct. but it's not yes, technically retired yeah 
the the official paperwork will not be filed for Brent Seabrook to mm-hmm. be officially retired. He's in long-term injury <laughs> retirement. Prongier um, land. So that he can continue to receive his paychecks for the next mm-hmm. three years. So uh, for those unfamiliar with the way that the long-term injury works, uh, salary cap-wise, uh, Blackhawks can utilize that cap space this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they were up against the cap when they started the year. So now that they've put Seabrook and a bunch of these other guys, Andrew Shaw among them mm-hmm. on long-term injury reserve, uh, they have like 15 million in mm-hmm. salary cap room that they can utilize. I don't think the Blackhawks are going to go out and no, add no. anybody, but they could maybe do something like, you know, if a Toronto who is trying to contend has mm-hmm. a good team, but they also have a bunch of high salary players, maybe they want to move somebody who's overpaid, mm-hmm. but is still actually an NHL player where like the Blackhawks can take that on, free them up a little bit, maybe get another mm-hmm. asset with it. You know, hopefully it would be an expiring contract. I don't want to carry anything yeah, over yeah. next year, but if they could take somebody on, get a little extra mm-hmm. for the for both the long term and help their playoff chances this year, mm-hmm. I, I'd be okay with it. The question is, you know, obviously no fans. Blackhawks mm-hmm. are way over the salary, you know, the actual salary cap. Although their actual salaries, salaries themselves lower. are lower than the cap, um, but you know, but the cap hits are still. Yeah, but you know, does Wurtz really want to pay extra money? on a season with no revenues yeah. and, you know, no real hope of getting past Tampa Bay and Carolina. Well, so we'll see. I will say that Wrigley Field is getting fans for outdoor though. It's outdoor. It's outdoors, they're, yes. Yeah. They're, they're I don't see do that inside. there's any way that the NHL They're not going to do indoors. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Until the vaccine is yeah, available yeah. for the entire population. I just, I don't see it. Right. Well, um, just uh, talking about the money, but yeah, um, Brent Seabrook, really great. And just, yeah. injuries just really, they really did a number on him. They did. They did. Uh, you know, we're a pro Brent Seabrook podcast. Mm-hmm. We always have been, uh, you know, clutch player, a uh, huge leader for the for the team yep. throughout the throughout the cup years. You could argue like there were arguments before, and I think it's pretty obvious that you would say that he would have been captain if not for Taves. I I, I think so. I mean, even when they even when he was drafted, that mm-hmm. was sort of a a tag that was put on him as this is a potential future captain in the mm-hmm. NHL. And I think you know early on when. Keith and Seabrook were coming up and they kind of got paired together, you know, before mm-hmm. Taves and just before Taves and Kane got here that one and or both of those guys were going to kind of be mm-hmm. the leadership uh, group. Um, but, you know, obviously when Taves came along that, uh, I, and I think that actually ended up being a good fit because Taves always mm-hmm. seemed like the lead by example type. Yes. Seabrook was the vocal guy. Mm-hmm. And I think those two worked really well in tandem in that, in that leadership role. So, yeah, I mean, I, I can sympathize with Seabrook. Uh, you know, he had uh, uh, both hips uh, mm-hmm. 
uh, surgically repaired. He had his shoulder surgically repaired. I'm somebody who is walking around with a bad hip and a bad shoulder from old sports injuries. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, he mentioned, uh, you know, he kind of told his body to go screw itself for 15 years and showed up and went to work. And then all and of a sudden the body's just said, to, yeah. yeah, body just said no more. And I kind of reached that point about two or three years ago. I can no longer throw a baseball. Yeah, yeah. I have difficulty putting on my skates to go play hockey with my hip. And uh, I'm, so you might I'm, I'm just a few career. years older than Brent Seabrook. So. Yes. But yeah, so I totally understand it. And I can't even imagine having three surgeries in a, like a mm-hmm. six month time span. That would And be... I think he said something about arthritis in his hips too. And it's just... Yeah, he said he's got no cartilage left in one of his hips. And they tried, you know, the cortisone shots and all that kind of stuff. But it it sounds Mm -hmm. to me like, um, you know, after he had the surgeries, it kind of freed him up a little bit. And, you know, Mm -hmm. if people remember, he did come back into the bubble and skated and prepped for the playoffs. But, you know, he just couldn't quite make it back into Mm -hmm. game shape. Um, But he worked out all summer with the intention of coming back into training camp this Mm -hmm. year. And when things got delayed... Um, that seemed to, to kind of end up hurting him. Cause I, I guess he said in the interview that it was like the Monday before Christmas, he mm-hmm. just woke up and like yeah. his hips and lower back had just kind of locked up and yeah. Um, it just, the body, the body betrays you eventually. Mm-hmm. And he, he fought through it as long as he could, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah I think was- for his sake, and then, you know, hopefully for Andrew Shaw, I hope he's thinking yeah, along yeah. the same lines. You know, I they, hope they so, put yes. both of them on IR at the same time here. Yeah. I just, uh, I, I, hope, yeah. I hope for the best for both of them in their post NHL careers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Blackhawks are going to have to f- struggle with those contracts for a while yet. Um, it, it, it does make things difficult. Yes. But uh, but like we said with um with Hosa, the same deal with you know, those contacts like stuff, but they deserve it. So I'm not gonna be absolutely, absolutely. Both of those guys are were integral parts of winning championships for this team. I don't begrudge them them getting their money. I'm mm-hmm. I'm all for that. I just yeah, you know, from a from a Blackhawks perspective. A for it, the yeah, Blackhawks, it's yeah. You know, and unlike the HOSA contract where no, yeah. there was really not very much actual money due to yeah. HOSA, he was only scheduled to make a million dollars in each of the last couple of years of his deal. Mm-hmm. So it was relatively painless trading his yes. contract. The um, Seabrook know, I mean, went still the full hit. Yeah, we gave up, you know, a bottom six forward and a bottom pairing defenseman to get rid mm-hmm. of him. Um, with Seabrook he's still owed about 15 million over the next three years with Andrew Mm -hmm. Shaw. He's still owed like $4 million next year. That's going to be very difficult to move those contracts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guess those are problems for the future. Another day. Yep. I'm not going to worry about it again until the off season. That's right. Um, So yeah, I'll just, these games against Dallas are big. You'd, Yes. 
I mean, you'd like to avoid overtime, you know, ideally, but. You know, honestly, at this point in, in those games, I don't really even mind the three point games. Dallas mm-hmm. has so many points that they need to make up. I, if, if the Blackhawks can come away with two points in these two games, even if it's one point and one point, even yeah, if they yeah. get two loser points, it it would make a big difference. Mm-hmm. And a win would be giant. Yes, especially if you could get one regulation win in either of these two games, it, it would really, really hamper Dallas's mm-hmm. ability to come back. Yes. So, yeah, getting it's getting very interesting. I did mm-hmm. not think we'd be having these discussions this year. I did not either. I mean, I, I certainly had uh, – I had I didn't really have any expectations that they would be you know a true bottom dweller. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I, I've mentioned many times it's really difficult to tank when you have Patrick Kane. Yes. Um, and as long as he was healthy, they were going to finish above Detroit. They were going to mm-hmm. finish above Ottawa. But yeah, uh, playoffs were not something that I expected, no, no. especially with no Taves and no and no yeah. Doc, but. No. Hey, I mean, we we're, we're at the point where yeah, they're in. Uh, it's going to be. They're going. They're going to challenge for it, and barring mm-hmm. some weird collapse of, like mm-hmm. I said, the goaltending or something. Yes. I don't. I don't see this going. You know, uh, uh, the Blackhawks going away or fading mm-hmm. very much. The yep. if Dallas, you know the the. Tampa Bay, Carolina, clearly the two best teams. Mm-hmm. Florida got off to the great start, and they're going to most likely be able to ride that. I think the Blackhawks can, can compete with Florida. Mm-hmm. Dallas would have been the third team where if they were healthy and normal yeah. season, I think they would have blown the Blackhawks out of the water. Yes. But, hey, the season is the season. It's it's weird circumstances for everybody, and the mm-hmm. Blackhawks seem to be coping with it better than most teams. Mm-hmm. I grateful that the that the players are are uh putting as much effort into it as Mm -hmm. they are and it's making for some entertaining hockey yes it is i don't begrudge them the opportunity to make the playoffs that's right so um yeah we'll be back after these dallas games maybe one of the florida games yeah i think i think we'll maybe should shoot for next tuesday so i think the um, next monday is the last or the first florida game okay so yeah and i am on twitter sth85 michael mj underscore ernst and you can uh, subscribe on the apple podcast app and yeah the blackhawks are in it and but maybe keep winning some games and get in the playoffs what do you say Sounds good to me. All right.